In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the month of Ba'una, and we read today uh, the Lord Jesus Christ giving the command in Luke chapter 6. He says, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. This is one of the defining commands of Christianity, that when people uh, hear about Christianity, one of the things that comes to mind is the commandment to love, and how as Christians we are always called to love everyone, even to love our enemies. Maybe we are not able to, or often we do not live up to the standard that the Lord calls us for, but this is the standard. And the Lord in this chapter, he says, what good is it for you if you uh, love your neighbor but hate your enemy? And what good is it for you to love those who love you? And so we're going to speak a little bit about this command to love the enemy, and how is it that we can practice it, and what is it that the Lord said about it? <coughs> First, in the scripture, we read about three kinds of love that have no heavenly reward. That maybe we consider it to be love, that in the world it is considered love, and yet there is no heavenly reward. The first is loving those who love us. The Lord says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. We oftentimes struggle even to love those who love us. We struggle to love our own family, to love our friends, those people who care about us and those people who sacrifice their time and their effort and their energy for us, those people whom we live with, who love us, we struggle sometimes even to love them. And yet the Lord says, even if we love them, if we love those who love us, there is no credit in that because even sinners love those who love them, that everyone loves those who love them. And yet the Lord here is calling us to a higher standard of love, which is to love those who hate us. Maybe if we were to contemplate and to think about those people whom we love, the last people that would come to our mind would be our enemies, would be those people who have harmed us or abused us in some way or hurt us in some way or mock us or gossip about us. In some way, those people, we consider them to be our enemies and we struggle even to, um, to, to think about them without becoming angry. And yet the Lord says, not, not just so, but to actually love them and to serve them. So loving those who love us, the Lord says, there is no credit in that. The second uh, type of love without any heavenly reward is to love God and to hate my neighbor. In 1 John chapter 4, it says, If someone says, I love God and hates his neighbor, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? It is easy for us to say that we love God. It is easy for us to say that we love God who is beneficent and who is merciful and who is kind and who gives good things to us. Maybe it is easy for us to say this, but how easy is it to say that we love those around us? Again, including our enemies or including the people in our family, including our coworkers, including all of the people that God has placed in our lives. How easy is it for us to say that we love them? And it is impossible actually for us to say that we love God if we do not love our neighbor, if we do not love those people who are around us because they are made in the image of God and God calls us to love. Any parent understands this. Any parent knows the, the, the warmth of heart that we experience whenever we see our children getting along with one another, showing mercy to one another, showing kindness and generosity to one another. Whenever we see our children do this for one another, it makes the, the heart of any parent to be delighted because we see there is harmony with our children. How much more then in the heart of God when he sees there is harmony between us and our neighbor? And this is, we cannot say that we love God and at the same time we backbite against our brother, we hate our brother, 
and this is not showing love to God. The third type of love without heavenly reward is loving God but not keeping his commandments. In John chapter 14, it says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. If we love God or we say that we love God without keeping his commandments, what we are really saying is we love what God gives me. I love the blessings of God. I love the mercy of God. I love the grace of God. I love everything God gives to me, but I am not so keen or interested to give him anything in return. Because when we uh, fulfill his commandments and obey his commandments, what we are doing is giving of ourselves back to God again. So if I say that I love God, but I do not keep his word, then we have to question, is this really love that we have for God? Or this is just love of the gifts of God. This is love just what God can get me. And this is why I have a relationship with him. And maybe we find people who love God but do not keep his word. That when God does not give them what they want, maybe they are very quick to turn their back on God and to reject him because they did not fill his part of the bargain according to their mindset. Instead, we are called to obey God, to listen to him, even if we do not receive what it is that we want because we know that God only gives good things to his children. So these three types of love with no heavenly reward. The first was loving those who love us. The second, loving God and hitting my brother. And the third, loving God but not keeping his commandments. What are three myths about loving my enemy? <clears throat> the first myth about loving my enemy is that it is a sign of weakness. The world will look at us, we who are uh, saying that we should love our enemy, that it is a type of weakness. Why is it that we should love our enemy? Actually, we should crush our enemy. We should destroy our enemy. We should fight against our enemy. We should demonstrate that we have power over our enemy. And if we don't, if instead we are show mercy, if, we, if instead we show patience, if instead we do not show wrong for wrong, this is a sign of weakness. Actually, this is the sign of greatest strength. As the Lord Jesus Christ himself demonstrated, when he came on the earth, he did not destroy his enemies, but he forgave them, and he had mercy on them, and he had patience with them, and even now continues to have patience with all those who attack him and all those who blaspheme him. So loving our enemy does not mean weakness. Actually, loving our enemies takes courage and takes power. Not anyone can do so. Only through the grace of the Holy Spirit and us can we even begin the process of trying to love our enemy and to serve our enemy. This is something that requires great power. It is certainly not something for the weak. The second myth about loving my enemy is that it is about my feelings. Because people will say, how can I love my enemy when I have such negative feelings toward them? Well, loving my enemy is not about my feelings. I can have ne negative feelings toward a person because that person harmed me in some way. Or that person, I find them to be repulsive to me in some way. I cannot just change my feelings. Loving my enemy is not about my feelings. Loving my enemy is about my actions. Loving my enemy is about what I do, not how I feel. So for instance, if I see that my enemy is uh, suffering in some way and I have the means to help them, can I help them? Am I willing to help them? Am I willing even to pray for them? This is all a reflection of my attitude toward them and my actions, even while I feel upset or angry or sad or, or, or whatever negative emotions that I have toward them, I can still show love to my enemy by doing good to them and not doing evil. Another myth about loving my enemy is that it is not practical. There is no way for me to do it. How is it that I'm actually going to do it? And again, it goes back to the idea of what is it that my enemy needs and how is it that I can serve my enemy? 
The best way actually to stop having enemies is to serve our enemies. The best way to make peace is not to demonstrate our power, is not to return wrong for wrong. The best way for me actually to not have enemies anymore is to serve my enemies and to show love to my enemies and then I will find that I have no enemies. Because enemies will melt away at the sign of love that we will show them. Of course, this is not universal. We know, of course, there are some people that we might show them love and kindness, and yet they still remain to be our enemies and still hate us. And yet, we might find in many situations that showing love and kindness will cause them to turn their heart to us. Next, I want to speak about four ways to love my enemy. How is it we can love? The first is not returning evil for evil. In Romans chapter 12, it says, Repay no one evil for evil. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. This is the first way to love my enemies, is not to retaliate. I do not retaliate, and I leave God to be the one who is the judge. God is the one who sees. God is the one who brings justice. God is the one who will show wrath according to his, his, his good economy. To those people he sees that it is fit and at the timing that is he sees that it is fit. And so it is not within me. It is not that I should be the one to return evil for evil. It is not my place. But instead I should serve them. I should pray for them. The second, which is the second point, praying for them. Luke 6, 28 says, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Something that any of us can do. That there is no, uh, there, there is nothing preventing us at any moment, at any time, from praying for those people who harmed us in some way. Maybe we struggle to do so. Maybe this is uh, a, a, a big challenge for us to be able to overcome our feelings and to be able to pray for the good of those people who harmed us. And yet this is a means of loving our enemy. And actually this is a way of freeing ourselves from hatred. Because when we begin to pray for those who hate us, to pray that good would come to them, to pray that God would have mercy on them, to pray that they would, um, they would realize the folly of their ways and that they would turn to God in repentance, we are set free from the hatred that we have. We are set free from the prison of hatred where we are constantly fuming and against these people who have harmed us. When we pray for them, actually, we are set free from this. The third way that we love our enemies is, we, is by serving them when they are in need. In Romans 12:20, says, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Meaning whatever it is that he needs, we should be keen to look for it and to offer it to him at the right time and in the right way with a good and sincere motivation and intention. This again is the way that we, sh that we show love and this is the way that we turn those people who are enemies to not be our enemies and yet even to be our friends. The last way I want to mention of serving our enemies is not rejoicing at their fall. In Proverbs 24, 17, it says, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Maybe this is, again, difficult for us because maybe secretly inside myself, maybe without I even realizing it, I am rooting for their failure. I want them to fail because I want them to receive suffering, you know, and I don't want to be the one to make it. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to fight against you. Maybe even I will pray for you. But deep down in my heart, I want them to fail. I want them to suffer. I want it to come from God even. 
God, make these people to suffer. Make them to fail, and I will rejoice over their fall. I will rejoice over what happens to them. But here again, King Solomon tells us in the Proverbs, do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Do not rejoice. Actually, when your enemy falls, maybe this is again an opportunity for us to show them kindness and to offer them more than what they deserve. In the end, we ourselves receive from God what it, more than we deserve. We receive from God more than we deserve. And so we also offer of, of our goodwill toward others, maybe more than they deserve. But we want God to do the same for us. So what are three motivations uh, to love my enemy? The first is to become like our father. It says in Luke 6:35, And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. How is it that we become sons of the Most High? That we have the same characteristics as him, the same characteristics as our Father, that we are kind to the unthankful and evil. Not that we are kind to the thankful and good, but we are kind to the unthankful and evil. How is it that we see the love of God truly manifested? It is not because God shows love and kindness to all those people in the world who are good and all those people who follow his word and all those people who do everything that he says should be done. We see the true kindness of God by the way that he has patience with and treats those people who deserve nothing good. That even when the Lord Jesus Christ was on the cross, he was asking God to forgive those people who are crucifying him because that is his goodness, because that is his mercy and his love. And we learn from him that we also, that while even we are suffering for the sake of the sins of others, that we ask God to have mercy on them and to forgive them. And in this way, we become like God our Father. The second uh, motive to love my enemy is to receive the reward that comes only from God. The Lord says, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. Who is it that rewards us? It is God. God is the one who gives us the greatest reward. It is not the person. You know, sometimes we do good, hoping and expecting that the person that we have done good to will be thankful and will return good to us and will give us something good or be thankful and be um, generous to us or will return something good to us. And we hope for the good that comes from the human being. But actually, the greatest reward is the reward that comes from God. Because maybe we do good and we do not even receive anything good from them. Maybe we offer good to our enemy and our enemy does not appreciate it, does not, does not consider it to be uh, of any value to them. And maybe they continue their insults and continue their poor treatment of us as a result. And so we didn't receive anything from the person. And yet we receive from God a greater reward, the reward of grace the reward that God gives us of his Holy Spirit that blesses our life in ways that is beyond our understanding and ways beyond enumeration. And so our reward again is from God because we are serving him, because we are following his word, because we are obeying him. Not any kind of human reward we are expecting to receive from any one person. The last motivation and the last point I want to mention today uh, for loving my enemy is we forgive and we show love because we want God also to forgive us. In Mark 11:25 it says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. So when we stand and we pray and we ask for God to forgive us, we also want to forgive other people because if we do not forgive, 
And if we hold grudges in our heart against others, then God himself will not forgive us because we ourselves are transgressors. We ourselves are sinners. We ourselves have hurt others. We ourselves have mocked. We ourselves have gossiped. We ourselves have done many or all of the things that others have done to us. And so we also ask God for his forgiveness and we hope that he forgives us and he asks us to forgive others who have transgressed against us. So the gospel message today was about love and specifically loving our enemies. We should be very um, careful when it comes to those people who are our enemies and how the Lord asked us to treat them, how he asked us to serve them, because this is the Christian standard. The Christian standard of love is, don't, is not just loving those people who love me, loving those people who are closest to me, but to love actually those people who despise me. And we spoke about how we show love to those people, not through emotion, but through action. May God grant us that we always have love in our heart that is an overflow of the love that we experience in God, that we are able to serve all those around us and bring them to the knowledge of the truth. And glory be to God forever. Amen.